0: You're listening to Deep Breaths, Updates from Chest, on ReachMD. This series is produced in partnership with the American College of Chest Physicians. The following episode was recorded live at the 2019 Annual Chest Conference in New Orleans. In this episode, we welcome Dr. Sandy Carana, Professor of Medicine and Director of the Severe Asthma Program at the University of Rochester Medical Center, and Dr. Monica Kraft. Professor and Chair of the Department of Medicine at the College of Medicine, Tucson, and the Deputy Director at the Asthma and Airway Disease Research Center at the University of Arizona. And now, here's your host, Dr. Sandy Carana.
1: Coming to you from the 2019 Annual Chess Conference in New Orleans, I'm Dr. Karana, and joining me to discuss the latest updates in asthma is Dr. Monica Kraft. Dr. Kraft, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. So to start us off, Monica, can you tell us more about the advances in severe asthma that have been discussed in this year's education track at CHESS 2019?
2: Absolutely. I think it's a, a great meeting because severe asthma is very much being emphasized at the meeting. I think because we have you know, so many advances in the disease in terms of how we approach it and the treatments that we have to offer. And so there's a whole track looking at... You know how we can phenotype our patients, what biomarkers do we have at our disposal, what treatment options and and what can we do before we even get to biologics to really maximize treatment for our patients because there are some updated guidelines that have some very interesting changes that I think our community needs to know about
1: so true, you know I, I agree, I think the world of severe asthma is really dynamic right now with really a sense of optimism amongst uh, people who treat patients with asthma and patients themselves with all all that's available. So, you know, when it comes to personalized treatment and asthma, what can you tell us or share us about your perspective on the treatable traits?
2: Right. So so asthma is a heterogeneous disease. I think we've really come to appreciate that. So we know, especially when we get into the severe space, it's not a one-size-fits-all phenomenon. And so we need to understand Appreciate the heterogeneity we actually can use the tools we have available to us to sort out what kind of asthma does our patient have, and those are the, the treatable traits or what we call the, the phenotypes, which are really a collection of clinical characteristics. And really the goal is to not only understand these characteristics, but to figure out the biological pathway that's really producing that phenotype. Because the good news, given the immunology explosion and understanding that we have of the disease, that's translated to treatments where we can target specific pathways based on what we find with regards to this phenoendotyping exercise.
1: Great, wonderful, and in terms of the sessions that caught your eye um, in this year at Chess Twenty Nineteen, are there some that you feel that really brought a lot to the learners?
2: Well, of course, I'm a little biased because I put on one of the courses, so in full disclosure, but this, uh, and as you and I know, we put on a postgraduate course this year on difficult-to-treat asthma, and I have to say I was really happy as to how it went. I think we were able to cover a lot of bases about what biomarkers we have, what's the latest in treatment, and then we had some great case-based discussion. But looking at the track, there's some great sessions about how do we handle oral steroids with our patients and how can we taper them off. What other advances beyond spirometry you know, can we use both to look at the physiology in asthma as well as some of our biomarkers? And then at the end of the day, how do we really think about the patient and what their experience is and how we can really form a partnership with our patients so that they can live the most productive life possible?
1: So true. So if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Sandy Karana, and with me in the studio is Dr. Monica Kraft about new breakthroughs in asthma. We're coming to you from the 2019 annual CHESS meeting in New Orleans. So Monica, I'd like to continue exploring these treatment advances because there are some biologic options that are addressing different asthma pathways. Is that correct?
2: Right. This is, it's, a, it's a dynamic field. It keeps changing. So right now we've got you know five at our disposal with many more coming down the pipeline, which is great. And right now I think our, our biggest advance is in what we call the type 2 asthma space, which is going to be associated with eosinophils, sometimes allergy, not always, sinusitis, nasal polyps. So we have uh, biologics targeting the interleukin-5 pathway. We actually have three different choices there. We have, um, and that's really, that's really focused on those patients who um, have a lot of eosinophils in their blood and perhaps nasal polyps and sinus disease. We also have a biologic that targets the IL 4 receptor. And then with that one, we're able to, to uh, really inhibit both IL 4 and IL 13, which are two very important cytokines in type 2 asthma. And so we look at patients who have eosinophils but also have other characteristics, like elevated uh, exhaled nitric oxide It's a great biomarker for that. And then we're also looking at, of course, Zolaire is still available to us, in an anti-IgE. We've had that for 17 years now. And so that's a, a great one for patients where allergy is particularly prominent in their disease. And so that's what, that's what we have now. But in a couple of years, we're going to have at least two or three more. And uh, there's actually one that inhibits TSLP from the airway epithelium that may have effects in both allergic or type 2 asthma and non-type 2 asthma. So that's particularly exciting. So, Sandy, how are you using these in, in your clinic?
1: You know, I, I agree with you, Monica. It's really exciting. The landscape is changing. And um, now more than ever, our patients who suffer uh, from severe asthma have you know, an ever-widening array of choices, and sometimes it's really hard to pick the right biologic, uh, or, or we don't quite know what the right one is, but it's really these treatable traits and combined with patient preferences and, uh, and the cost uh, that drive a lot of these choices, and, and I feel like, you know, all of us who take care of these patients getting um, these updates and learning from our peers uh, is a great way to really Advance our knowledge and comfort with utilizing these medications.
2: Absolutely, those are very wise words, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the newer, the new biologics that are in being studied right now, like the, you know, tezepelumab, the anti-TSLP or the Vivaproprant, which is really focusing on the DP2 receptor, the prostaglandin pathway, how are they going to fit into all of this landscape? And, And I think as those of us who care for these patients, it's going to get more complicated, I think, and we'll have a lot more debate about which ones to choose.
1: Well, thank you so much, Monica. This has been enlightening. And before we wrap up, I'd like to know, and I think our audience would as well, Um, what your one call to action would be to those who diagnose and treat severe asthma?
2: Thanks, a great question. I actually have two. One is to, I think as providers and those of us who care for patients with with asthma really across the spectrum and with a focus on severe, we need to be very up to date with the guideline changes and make sure that our primary care colleagues know about it too, because that's going to affect them in a a big way. And so specifically, anytime a patient needs a short-acting beta agonist, that there's consideration of an inhaled steroid much earlier in the treatment of asthma than we ever thought. That's an example of something that would really be important for primary care providers. But on the other side, with regards to the biologics, I think that our community really really needs to make sure we're educated on what biomarkers are available, how can we use them in the clinical arena to sort out what kind of asthma our patients have to really make sure we deliver the, the right treatment for the right patient at the right time.
1: Absolutely, and and you know, I, I agree with you. And I would just add a little bit about making sure that it's asthma, you know, that we're treating, and and anything that's modifiable, uh, risk factors are treated before we go towards these expensive medications that are so
2: absolutely, affected. absolutely can't forget about that. The comorbid conditions are critical.
1: Well, this has been a fascinating look into the latest treatments for asthma, and I want to thank Dr. Monica Kraft for joining me to explore these updates with us. Dr. Kraft, it was great having you on the program. Thank you so much.
2: I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: This was Deep Breaths, updates from chest, produced in partnership with the American College of Chest Physicians. To access other episodes in this series, visit breachmdcom chest, where you can be part of the knowledge.